Welcome to our service today, 29th of August 2021. I have to say the year as well because this has been going on for a couple of years now and will be continuing. Our call to worship today is found in words from the book The Song of Songs, The Song of Solomon. It's a love song. It's one of my favourite parts of the Bible. I think it's very evocative of how we feel towards God on our best days. Let's hear these words. The voice of my beloved. Look, he comes leaping upon the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. For now the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. As we long for a change in our world, for the end of COVID and for a new beginning in so many ways, may we hear the voice of our beloved speaking with us this morning. Let's begin by worshipping in the words of one of the great old hymns, all people that on earth do dwell. Psalm 45 My heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verses for the king. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. 
You are the most excellent of men, and your lips have been anointed with grace, since God has blessed you forever. Your throne, O God, will last for ever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. All your robes are fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia. From palaces adorned with ivory, the music of the strings makes you glad. Daughters of kings are among your honored women. At your right hand is the royal bride in gold of Ophir. Let's pick up the words of that psalm as we pray together. Lord, we come before you wanting to glimpse this splendour and to know you in our hearts. We read about you in your word. We listen to the inspired praises of those who see you as you are and are overwhelmed by the beauty, grace and power of our King. May our hearts also be drawn into that place where your glory and grace melt our hearts and cause us to bow down before you. We recognise that we are not worthy to come into your presence. We are aware of our coldness and our failings. And we know that our awareness is only scratching the surface of what's really in our hearts that's unworthy and cowardly and falls short of what even we know it should be. But we thank you that as we approach, your hand is extended. There is a smile of welcome and you see all the worthiness in us that is in your Son, the one who has redeemed us and clothed us in his righteousness. Thank you for your gift of full salvation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. The kingdom, the power and the glory. Let's sing together the splendour of the King.
Now let's listen to our second reading from Mark chapter 7. The Gospel reading is from Mark chapter 7 verses 1 to 8, 14 to 15 and 21 to 23. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were unclean, that is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders, instead of eating their food with unclean hands? He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written, These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain, their teachings are but rules taught by men. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of men. Again Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside of a man can make him unclean by going into him. Rather, it is what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. For from within, out of men's hearts come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance and folly. All these evils come from inside and make a man unclean.
reading is a very well-known one from the letter of James a book full of wisdom it's about mirrors the letter of James chapter 1 verses 17 to 27 every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, for man's anger does not bring about righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and, and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. If anyone considers himself religious, and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself, and his religion is worthless. Religion that God the Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. The story of Snow White is one of the best-loved fairy tales. Of course, the original story, collected and told by the Brothers Grimm, is much darker than the Disneyfied version that we have often grown up with. It's full of pride and jealousy and hatred. In fact, like all great fairy stories, it literally holds a mirror up 
to the worst and the best of human nature. As the Queen gazes into her looking glass and hears the words, Queen, you are full fair, tis true, but Snow White fairer is than you. We hear an echo of our own hearts, comparing ourselves with others, wanting to be the fairest, the most admired. I grew up in the 60s, I was a teenager in the 60s, and it was difficult enough then making sure you had the right kind of tie, the right kind of shoes, and the right kind of uh, width on the bottom of your trousers. But nowadays that looking glass is replaced by the mirror of social media, young people and some not so young, preen and dress themselves to portray an image which will win the admiration of others. It's always been tough growing up as a teenager with all the insecurities of your looks, your body, your shape, your dress, but it's so much harder today. And it's not something we easily grow out of. We strive to achieve respect and admiration from those around us in so many ways, our possessions, our travels, our knowledge, our wisdom, our circle of friends, even sometimes our prominence in the church, the work we do for God. Don't stop that work, by the way, but do constantly offer it to God so it doesn't become an idol, something that sustains our self-image and feeds our pride. A mirror features in the heart of the passage we're looking at today from the letter of James. Those who continually hear God's word but don't put it into practice, he says, are like those who look at themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves and on going away immediately forget what they were like. I trust that today's message will be the kind where we can all go away and actually practice what we preach. James is particularly good for that kind of thing. His letter is all about what Christianity should look like on the outside. He's not suggesting that the external is all that matters. We heard the words of Jesus in our gospel reading, that it's the heart which is the source of all that appears in our lives for good or evil. James certainly doesn't deny that. His point is that if what's inside is real, it will show in our lives on the outside. In chapter 2, he challenges those who are only focused on their inner life. This is what he says. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I, by my works, will show you my faith. You will see what my heart is like by the way I behave. In a previous church, I had a friend who was very good at sharing meaningful pictures that kind of came to him in the spirit. One was of a large, opaque tumbler, higher than your head. It was full to the brim, he said, but we don't know what with. It's only when you bashed up against it and things started to spill out that you found what was in the tumbler. In the same way, it's only when we knock up against people and offend or upset them that we find out what's inside. Is their response sweet or bitter, resentful or forgiving? At the beginning of our passage today, James advises that we be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Treat the behaviour of other people as an opportunity to show grace, not to hold a grudge. When people categorise different parts of the Bible, poetry, history, prophecy, etc., James is sometimes included as an example of what's called wisdom literature, alongside things like the Book of Proverbs. You can see why. So much of what he says is quotable, memorable and practical. And his emphasis, as we said earlier, is on what our faith should look like in our everyday life. He sums it up at the end of this passage. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself 
unstained by the world. You see there the balance between inner purity and outward expression. Nurture the holiness that God has implanted in your life and express it by care for those who are weak and needy in the world around you. The gospel transforms us and through us has an impact on transforming the world. But let's return to our central image, the mirror. And let's hold this mirror up to ourselves today and see what we can see. Mirrors can be a bit disturbing for our self-image, but they can also be useful. We use them to check that we are clean and tidy in the eyes of the world. We look for blemishes and signs of illness and disease. Uh, I have to admit that I started recording this video and realised that I had a scratch on the top of my head that it was even putting me off. So I actually got some of my wife's foundation cream to try and disguise it a little bit. First time I've worn makeup for one of these videos. When we're brave, of course, we sometimes even look ourselves straight in the eyes and examine our hearts. Let's see what James has to say. The limitation of a mirror, he says, is that it's a fleeting and temporary image, easily forgotten. Even a photograph only stays in our mind as long as we're looking at it. We are, he says, creatures who are full of good intentions but often fail to follow through. We hear God's truth and then it's forgotten. Can you remember the last sermon you heard? Or the last Bible passage you read? Was there something in it that spoke to you? Can you remember what it was? Did you do anything about it? Did you follow through? Even in this short extract, we read several practical things which we're called on to do, any one of which would make a significant change in our lives. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Verse 19. Practice that this week. Really listen to those you are with and see the difference. Bridle your tongues, verse 26. That's something which James pays great attention to and rightly. For as he says in chapter 3, anyone who makes no mistakes in speaking is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check. Wow. Verse 21, he says, Rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness. When we got back from our two-week holiday recently, there was quite a lot of rank growth in our garden. And to make it look good, we just had to start pulling things out and trimming things back. Take some time to examine your heart before God and see what you find. How happy we are when our hearts don't condemn us, as John says in one of his letters. And then in verse 21 again, James says, Welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. Do some planting this week. Be practical in seeking God by carefully reading the Bible and asking him to plant in your heart the truth that you see there. But the nub of what James says is this. Rather than looking in a mirror, which only shows the outward appearance, there's a better place to gaze. A mirror will enable us to preen and polish ourselves and present a good face to the world. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. The law of liberty, the law that brings freedom, reflects three things which go much deeper than outward appearances. First, it enables us to see ourselves as we really are in ourselves. We do indeed see the sordidness and the rank growth of weeds. In the words of Robert Burns, and I'm going to do this in the original Scots. O oh, wad some power the gifty geas to see ourselves as others see us. 
it wad frae money a blunder freus and foolish notion. That was brilliant, wasn't it? That's from a poem called To a Louse, possibly written specially for me. The law of liberty does indeed, through the spirit, enable us to see for ourselves what we are. It frees us from many a blunder and many a foolish notion. But second, it enables us to see ourselves as God sees us in Christ, which is a truer image. Galatians chapter 3 verse 26 and 27 says this, In Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptised into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. He carries on in verse 20, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When God looks at us, he isn't looking at the imperfections and failures of our natural selves. He's looking at the image of Christ in us. Colossians chapter 1 sums it up like this. God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And finally, the law of liberty shows us what we can be in living out this truth in our lives. Someone once said that the Christian life consists in becoming what you are. Paul, like James, encourages and exhorts his hearers to start living as the people they really are in Christ. God is at work, changing us and making us more like him, step by step, day by day, until the image we see in the mirror is truly Christ and also truly us, indistinguishable from one another. That sounds an amazing thing, but it's a truth that we read in the Bible. We will one day be fully like Christ but we will fully be ourselves at the same time amazing how does that change happen again it's by looking by contemplating we look into the law of liberty but supremely we gaze on Christ as he's revealed in that law in the word of God and through the spirit in our lives this is what Paul says in 2nd Corinthians we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We are being transformed day by day as we gaze on Christ. His reflection kind of becomes real in our lives and we genuinely do start to reflect what Christ looks like. Don't let's be obsessed with looking into mirrors which reflect the outward appearance or which depress us by highlighting our blemishes and failures. Let's look instead at Christ and he will transform us day by day to be like him and to share his glory. Amen.
We pray first for ourselves that we will be true to what we believe and that our lives will reflect the beauty of Christ's nature in us. Lord, make us doers, not just hearers. We pray for our families and for those close to us, for those we know who have health issues for families locked up together in hard situations. Lord, keep them in your love and bring healing and rest restoration. 
We pray for all followers of Jesus, for those who find it hard to keep going, for those who are suffering persecution, for those who are serving God with all their hearts. Uphold and sustain them, O Lord. We pray for our government and for the services in this country the NHS and the other emergency services particularly, and lorry drivers. For those who face hard decisions and extraordinary challenges, for the sick, for the homeless and the insecure, give wisdom and strength, O Lord. We pray for the world. We pray for Afghanistan in this time of peril, for the safe evacuation of those whose lives are in danger and for a change of heart and a change of mind in the new rulers, that there will be some humanitarian aspect to the way they rule. Pray for the recovery operations in Haiti following the devastating earthquake a couple of weeks ago. We bring to mind other parts of the world in the news where there is tribulation and distress, things we read about day by day. We pray for the immense challenges of poverty, climate change and political instability. We pray for your gospel to reach every tribe and nation and to bring light to the world. Send your Holy Spirit upon us, O Lord. In Jesus' name. Let's sing now the hymn. Love Divine or Love's Excelling, which contains the wonderful lines changed from glory into glory till in heaven we take our place.
May God's love and grace persevere with us in all our faults and failings and may we grow more like Jesus every day until we reach the full stature of Christ and fully reflect his glory. And may God bless us and those we love with his presence this day and always. Amen.